Hey everyone, welcome back to the Business Growth Advantage. I love these team building episodes that I get to do with my not only amazing co-host, but now official leadership teammate on the Business Growth Advantage, Liz Henson, the head of community with the Business Growth Advantage. Liz, great to see you today. Oh my gosh, I love it. I was actually just putting together my special little indie law email signature before this call. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so I, I love like, it. As I'm writing, you know, as I'm working on our visibility stuff, like I want people to know who they're talking to. That's always super important to me. So yeah, I just every week it feels more and more official. It's so awesome. Well, Liz just to be transparent, has been involved with indie law, has been a part of the team for a while now. But this recent shift, her really being on the leadership team is something that we're super excited about. And when I think about Liz's journey of being on the team and just in general, how our team has grown, I've been thinking about one tool in particular. And Liz and I thought it would be a great topic just for an entire episode, which is Slack. So let me know if you're watching live or in the replay in the comments. Are you currently using Slack? Have you thought about it? Do you love it? Do you hate it? Are you not sure? This can be a hot button of a topic, can it? Liz? Yeah, there's definitely, I think, a lot of people that are passionately anti-Slack, and there's the other side that is passionately pro-Slack. And I think that's why this is going to be such a fun episode, because you've done a really good job of fixing or preventing the problems that people tend to see with Slack. And also, I want to just for a second talk about as pretending I'm an outsider who didn't just get this awesome leadership position, the way in which you brought me in was so freaking smart. And I don't, I'm sure that wasn't your intention all along, but to slowly know. be able to build that trust with your current leadership team and not bring in an outsider, yeah. like you're still bringing in someone from within, but like, I really had this inner circle level of trust. I'm like, it's so smart. Like, it's just, I don't know if any of it was intentional or if it just worked out that way. <laughs> From a business owner's standpoint, it was really smart the way you did that. Well, that's a topic of it for a totally different conversation. When I look back, honestly, like, I think there was always a possibility in my mind of what we now have and how we could get there. But I am such a fan of this I won't say strategy, but this perspective of promoting from within for leadership positions versus bringing someone on the outside, because I do think that there are just so many risks to that, so many potential expenses, very costly expenses, and also just kind of culture impacts that can be made if you bring someone from the outside and you plug them into a leadership level. It was also very easy for my team to build 
trust and respect and inspiration with Liz. But I didn't want to derail us from Slack, but well, there's a lot of cool things I always want to spill the beans on. When I- <laughs> but I do think that Slack has been a part of that feeling that we were able to provide Liz with of feeling like she was a part of the team and seeing that trust build over time. Because for me, it's not that Slack is this amazing tool, but it's what it can replace that has really Mm. been this amazing opportunity for us. Because it's not so much that I'm pro Slack as I am Mm. Mm anti-email. And I've been working more and more. It's been really fun with one-to-one consulting clients. And as we start working together, I've realized that if you really want to help a business owner build a team, clean up processes and things, there's a few things that you need to put in place as a solid foundation for everything else to work. Mm -hmm. And if you're not willing to put this foundation in place, the processes that whoever can build out for you, they're going to be weak. You need a place for processes that you're creating to live, like the SOPs, the documents, the step-by-step instructions. You need a home base for where those live. You also need a place for projects and tasks to be managed. Yes, you might have the instructions for how to put a video up online or whatever, but if you don't have a separate space so that when you assign a project, you're seeing that being sent to what's the status of that. So you need those two different home bases, right? That home base for your written or video processes. You need that home base for your project management system. And then you also need a home base for communication. Yeah. And the problem with emails is, well, there are a lot of problems with emails, in my opinion, especially on a team. It can be really hard to remember who needs to be in charge of what meeting. A lot of people are including people in emails just for reference. It's really hard to manage all of that. Um, And so when we really committed to using Slack, was this idea of we want to shift from one-to-one conversations and have more team-based communications. Mm -hmm. And because you can set up different, they call it channels and workspace, what we do is almost all of our channels are private. And then we only invite teammates into certain channels that are applicable to them. So when it comes to indie law, if you're only doing legal work, if you're only helping us with the legal work that needs to get done, then we don't want to bog you down with the details of what our marketing department is doing. And so that really can help the new teammates get a sense of, okay, it's not that I'm not trusted on XYZ, but to help me stay focused and to stay in the zone of what's happening, there might there is a team level channel but I'm not going to get bogged down and trying to get into the weeds of what the legal team is doing or the marketing or the sales team. And so I wanted to spend some time today to break down the way that we've organized Slack. And then also I'm super excited to be doing this live in our Facebook group. So if any of you have any thoughts, golden nuggets that you yourself can share, any questions, let us know. That being said, as a starting point, I do just want to clarify Slack becomes more and more powerful once you shift from being a true solopreneur Mm -hmm. to having a team. And once you start building out that team, you realize how much things grow. Mm -hmm. And 
our Slack today looks way different than it used to. But one of our secret weapons, and this is more of something that our team just got creative with and it turned out to work really well. This isn't us following really anybody's blueprint. But what we first did was we got really clear at an accountability chart level of the different departments in the company and the different kind of departments within the departments, right? So at a big picture level, we realized, oh, there's this marketing department, a sales department, what we call an operations department, and then a fulfillment department. So actually serving the clients. We also have this leadership team level of what's happening at the company. And then to some extent, I might be talking to certain people, either as an executive assistant or something else. So what we decided to do was first, we would look to our task management home base, right? We talked about the importance of having that space where all the tasks are being managed. Everything was really messy for a while. And we were trying to figure out how to clean it up. And mm -hmm. what we decided to do was to look to our accountability chart to give us a map mm -hmm. for how to organize our task management software. So now all of our folders in our task management space, and we use ClickUp, all of those folders and subfolders match our accountability chart. And it's turned out to work really well, again, because if you're not in marketing, there's a ton of tasks happening in marketing, but we can set it so that you don't have access to marketing, not because we don't want you to have access because you don't need access. Yeah. And so that's really helped clarify things there. Once we started seeing, oh, this is a really helpful way to set up our task management software, then we decided to apply it into Slack as well. Yeah. So now we have different Slack channels that are all specific to the way that we've organized the structure of the company. So smart. I'll pause there, Liz, because I, I do want to pull up my own Slack. I can't share anything with you guys, but I want to walk through some really helpful ways that we've set things up. But do you have any questions or thoughts right now, Liz? Yeah, I think just when I first came in, I really only had access to the sales channels because that was all I needed. Yeah. And one of my favorite things instantly is the way that you guys connect the zaps so that mm. as soon as a call is booked or a sale is made, like we see that in real time. And just yesterday, something like this is so important because I had a potential client who emailed me, I just bought my second package. And I was like, I didn't see it come through the Slack channel. Mm. So without having to even bother anybody on the team, like I could see that there was a disconnect. Yeah. And I was able to help her. Turns out her bank had flagged the purchase. And wow. I was able to provide that kind of customer service all because we set the way you set up Slack. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, I hadn't even shared that with you yet. But like we were able to figure it out in a matter of 30 minutes or an hour. She checked everything and then she went in and bought it and then it went through. Everything was good. But I knew, I was like, I know Slack is working because I just saw these other two purchases right. go through. And that's so good for team environment and culture too, because we want to see the fruits of our labor. So yeah. like to be able to celebrate as a group every time that transaction happens, I think is really important when you're on a remote team for people to be able to celebrate those wins. Yeah. And I want to highlight there too, if there would have been like a zap or an automation that triggered an email that went out, 
that could have been harder to find who really should be getting those types of alert emails. The nice thing about Slack is it's very, it's very thread friendly. Mm -hmm. So whenever you go into any of these different channels, you just scroll up and you can see the history of what's happening there, which is harder to do and keep those threads making sense over email. And it also is much more like reference and CC friendly mm -hmm. because it unclutters. There's not really an inbox in Slack. Yeah. It allows for us to say, okay, this is a marketing channel. So instead of having to think about who I need to include on this email about marketing, I just know it's a marketing type of topic so I can put it in that channel. Mm -hmm. And whether people are reading that just for context or because they got tagged in that message and they need to respond or take action on it, everybody can see it. It's also really coverage friendly. One thing that we're learning as a team is, yes, it's great to find great people and plug them into to parts of the business that need that help. But what really is helping the business grow right now is having this sense of as much as we love everybody on the team and as much as we admire and respect the value that everyone brings, ideally, the business should not depend on any one person. Mm -hmm. I was and just bragging to my husband yesterday about how you cross train so many people so that there's never this someone can't take off or be out of office. Yeah. Like it because he has someone that he's working with really closely that's going to be out for a week. And I was like, that doesn't really happen. No. Well, and it was something that we realized we had to be mindful of because mm -hmm. it's just human nature. Once you get good at something to like that feeling of, Oh, I'm uniquely good at this. Mm -hmm. And there's something that feels great about being needed by the business to do this mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, I think there's a bigger payoff to this result of, I want to help contribute to this company so everyone on the team, including myself, can enjoy my time off. Yeah. Yeah. And that is really helpful because we're starting to now add people into departments that aren't their main departments, but we want everybody to become more Swiss Army knives mm -hmm. on the company. Yeah, I love it. So just to go into some kind of quick win ideas of what we have, another thing that is really nice in Slack, and I'll say that this is something that you as a business owner can set within your own Slack, and you can encourage or try and require others on your team to follow. But one thing that's unique about Slack is if you customize the way that your Slack is set up, that doesn't change the way that other people have set up theirs. Mm -hmm. meaning there is a way to create what are called sections within Slack. And I recently discovered this. So now I have different sections for what I call team, money talk, celebrations, and some others. And we can get into why I created those. And then I bumped certain channels into those sections. Mm. And so we customize this on our end. So yes. I can customize mine slightly different than yours. Yes. So smart. Okay, I'm going to do that. So it can be a little tricky on how to do this, but I can share you guys. I can show some stuff in the comments or in the show notes for reference on how to do this. But I now have a entire section called celebrations with multiple channels underneath. Mm -hmm. So 
we have a channel called celebrations-calls. So whenever a new potential client books a call, there's an automated message there that just gets excited and celebrates the fact that we've got a new potential client. We've got another channel for sales, for Google reviews, for calls that we do with partners. We have a celebrations channel whenever we get a new teammate. Mm, that's a good one. And so I put all of those under this section of celebrations. I'm doing it right now. It was super intuitive. You don't even have to, it's super intuitive. Another one, as the business owner, I know that keeping track of certain financial stuff can be difficult, but it's also super important. And so I have a section called Money Talk. And each of these channels has their own purpose within financial stuff, but I did want to group them together so that I know I can just go through these three channels. One is bookkeeping. So whenever my team has questions around bookkeeping, that just gets noted there. We have what we call a daily highlight channel where every day someone on our team puts just a little update. So according to the month and the year, here's where we're at in terms of sales, revenue, whatever. That's just a daily snapshot. And then we also have a weekly profit first snapshot. So instead of me having to log into my bank account, to see the different accounts and that profit first version of where things are being allocated, I now can just go into this channel and see, okay, here's what's showing up in our checking accounts and our savings accounts. Here's the money that hasn't been allocated yet, yada, yada, yada. So that is a really great section to have. And I'm improving on all of this anyways, but we also have a team channel. And that is where we really house these different departments. So we have one for the entire team, one for the leadership team, and then marketing, sales, operations, and fulfillment each have their own channels as well. Mm -hmm. And even just like having the out of office thread, like it's, yes. uh, it has its own little home. So if you know, someone hasn't showed up for a meeting, you're not searching, oh crap, like what department, what topic was it? You know exactly where to go. Right. Yeah. No, it's so helpful. I know I just organized mine. So I did celebration oh, nice. and then I did a leadership section and then nice. the yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I learned something. I always learn something on these calls. Well, and as you'll see, just to give you guys some transparency around what we're learning, initially we created a numbers structure because one thing that Slack does that you really can't control is they will take all of your channels if you don't put them into certain sections or star them, they'll just put them in alphabetical order. Mm. or numerical order if you start it with a number. So when we were first trying to organize it, we were using just a numbering system of like one next to whatever we wanted to show up first, mm. a one, two, if we wanted to show it next. That worked out fine until we hit nine. <laughs> and then we had to get kind of more complicated with it. And when we started to make some shift, I did get some pushback from some of the teammates who said, oh no, like I prefer these numbers because that helps me set this up. But now that we've discovered this section feature, it can really help every teammate set up their Slack channels in a way that work, works for them without having a kind of team-wide structure to how we prioritize things. Yeah. No, I love it. So good. Not me over here doing it all while we're on the call. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, it's been, like I said, it's been super helpful, especially as the business grows. 
Yeah. I, one thing that we're starting to test and learn from too is creating, is using Slack as a client communication tool, mm-hmm. especially with clients who you're helping and it's a longer term engagement. There are so many options there, but within the space of like group coaching or consulting, we're finding some really great advantages to using Slack for certain purposes. For instance, if you're working on like a group program and either they aren't big fans of Facebook, or if you want to really build a community out of Facebook, just so they don't get distracted Mm -hmm. when they're plugged into certain things and having certain conversations, Slack can be helpful. We're also as we're working more one-to-one with clients, it's really helpful for me to bring my team in on conversations. And the great thing about Slack is the team can all be chatting in certain channels. And then the client, instead of having to manage all of these different threads to figure out what's going on in their emails, they can just log into Slack and scroll up on one or more Slack channels and just have that context. Yeah. Thinking about next level CEO, I can't imagine if those follow-ups that you give to us for an email, because I'm mm. like, I go searching right. and Slack. I know exactly where it is and I can access it right before the call without having to feel like I'm searching. And I want to ask a question because I know this is probably what a lot of people are thinking that view Slack as like a distraction. So on a culture level, how do you feel like you fostered this environment? Because you've done this really well, and I don't know if it was purposeful or if it's taken time, that we, Slack is still fun. We still communicate in there on a daily basis. But I feel like you've done a good job of naturally setting some of those boundaries so that it's not used 24-7. Like it's not taken advantage of. It's very productive Some of that now that I'm on leadership is probably because of some of these other systems outside of Slack that you have, but there's not a lot of reactivity or instant, urgent kind of poking that happens there. Like it just doesn't. Yeah. So reactive, I think is the word I'm looking for. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that. And it's something that we've been working on. So one, just to respect that the scope of stuff is we try and be as mindful of we can as Slack is not a place to go to for urgent requests for needed information quickly. And it's not a place to, we want to do everything we can so that there's not an expectation of people needing to be glued to Slack and like having the sense of, oh, you need to respond to whatever someone says within five minutes or an hour or over the weekend or whatever. And we do set that culture and that expectation and also exceptions if people, for example, do want to work weekends We let them know, here's the default rule around what we're doing. Here's why it exists. Mm -hmm. If you want to break that rule for whatever reason, great. We can talk about it. Again, we have certain teammates that love working on the weekends or for whatever reason, a night shift works better for them. And while that's the case, we don't want, we want to make sure the team understands that's happening because one thing that society often tells us is the person who comes to work early and is the last to leave is the A employee. Mm-hmm. And we want to be careful of making that not true with indie law because that can quickly turn into one needs to have zero workspace boundaries to be seen as like the rock star on the team. Yeah. And fighting for that. 
Another thing that's been super helpful for us is committing to this idea that even though Slack is our communication hub, there are a lot of conversations that are happening that are not meant to be in our communication hub. Mm-hmm. Let me explain what I mean there. So we have our project management home base. We use ClickUp. I love ClickUp. It works for us, but I don't preach any tools in particular. So use whatever you got and whatever you love. What we have realized is if you're going to use a tool like ClickUp, you're naturally going to have needed communications around certain tasks, follow-ups, whatever. If you have to communicate with the team about a specific task, that does not go in Slack. It goes Mm -hmm. in ClickUp. Mm -hmm. That's really helped us clean a lot of communications. Let ClickUp be that messier space where there's a bunch of back and forth and comments about particular things. Slack is less about hey, what's the idea on this specific project? Did it get done? Did it not get done? And then for high-level issues conversations, we use different types of, we call them like batch review spreadsheets Mm -hmm. to replace Slack to make sure that the team sees that. And that shows up in different ways. So I have my own ultimate batch review sheet that I look at daily, at least I try to, and that's what I commit myself to. And the idea is I look at that every day instead of my email address and I get that to zero. Mm -hmm. Uh, We also, as a leadership team and the team departments have their own tabs on the spreadsheet of what are the main issues that need to get discussed at the next meeting. And those get put there as a placeholder instead of trying to go back and forth over Slack or somewhere else about, hey, here are a bunch of issues that we want to talk about. Let's set the agenda or whatever. And so for any kind of standing or occurring set of issues or conversation topics, we try and also keep those out of Slack. So just in general, the theme there is trying to minimize what we can so that Slack doesn't feel cluttered. Yeah. And you're training people to not have that reactive mentality. Yeah. It's like when you're the one working on something, it can feel really urgent, right? But it's yeah. like, no, you just put it in this spreadsheet and it'll get handled in 24 hours. Right. So it doesn't need that instant notification. Right. Yeah. So it's just like the more you do it, the more it becomes that team culture. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I've never felt like stressed around Slack Oh, that's awesome. That's really good. Yeah. And Slack also, just a side note, makes it really easy to toggle. So if you are in multiple groups, because I know we're going to be splitting BGA and Indie, if you are in multiple groups or multiple businesses or masterminds or whatever, Slack, one of my favorite things is just how easy they've made it to toggle back and forth. Yes. And not 100%. Yeah. Yeah. It's really helpful to say, okay, I'm, if you're in different teams or if, you've got multiple businesses and you want to separate them. It's great. That reminds me, one of my favorite things about Slack is it's really meant to be its own app Mm -hmm. on your desktop or on your phone. You can interface with it like in your browser, but it's really meant to be an app that you download and you work through. And I always, whenever I invite someone whether it's our team or a client or whatever to use Slack, I try and be as loud as I can about saying, download this onto your computer. 
Yeah. Because now you don't have to have that risk of your Slack space being buried in like dozens and dozens of tabs. Mm-hmm. Yep. Nope. I agree. It's not quite the same experience when it's just a tab versus yeah. having it on the desktop. Yeah. And it really is just this little team dashboard. It makes it feel like you're a lot less alone when you're working remotely because email is just, it's like a black hole. It's like a vortex. It really can be. Yeah. 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 And it's so much easier to, like you said, talk to a whole group at one time without having to be like, okay, who do I need to put on this email again? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So great. Yeah. I could talk about this topic all day. But I don't want to lose sight of the fact that meta point here is as your team grows, and especially as it grows from one person to more than one person, it makes such a difference to say, okay, what is the communication hub that we are going to move forward with? Mm-hmm. And whether it's Slack or something else, how can we do something more thoughtful, intentional? and intentional, then they, oh, we're going to email each other back and forth about a bunch of stuff. Yeah. And I feel like once you've experienced working with clients or teams or whatever, without the email threads constantly, it's really hard to go back. Like I had a couple clients that don't have project managers. They don't have like project management software. They don't have Slack. Like email is it. And I was like, this is really hard. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to because I was having to fulfill that project management role. Mm. And it was like, I'm just constantly emailing people. And it just, it's really hard to manage projects that way. Yeah. 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 Well, everyone, let us know in the chat. Are you, have we converted you to Slack? Do you already use it and love it? Do you still have some thoughts or some hesitancies in, in terms of moving forward with something like that? Liz and I are here to not convert you, but to just help hold your hand as you make a decision one way or the other. And whether thinking of Slack or a communication hub is a really top of mind pain point for you right now or not, it usually is a underlying core issue that a company starts to experience when they have various problems. So you might want to ask yourself, okay, can I connect the dots to Slack being a helpful tool with some other consistent big problem that I've been having with the business. Yeah, that was exactly the point I was going to bring up is a lot of the pushback on Slack probably isn't really a Slack issue because I've had business owners that don't use Slack and then they're text messaging me in a reactive way. If you have a reactive culture it is going to show no matter what platform you're in. Yeah. So I think it's really thinking about what platform is the most efficient. doesn't matter if it's Slack or not, but how can you create that culture that's not so reactive and then you won't have those yeah. issues. You know what? That reminds me of one more thing before we close. One thing that tends to come up when I talk about this and kind of team communication, I hear a lot from business owners who they really don't like the idea of typing out a bunch of stuff or reading blocks of text. Mm. And so they will often think about, okay, how can I be sending voice memos to the team or doing other things? And none of that is necessarily bad or wrong. But as the owner of a business, I think you have a duty to not only think about 
your preferred learning and communication language, but also what is best for your business and what is most helpful as a reference point for later. Mm. And one common trap that I'm seeing in a lot of those audio or audible friendly business owners is it might be easy for them to get the word out or to listen to others when their new message comes through, but then it becomes a really big pain for them to reference communications later. Yeah. One of the most listening in your car, like there's a million different, it's nice because it's instant and because it's a conversation, but if it revolves around a to-do or an action, it's so easy for it to get lost in a situation like that. And one of the most powerful features of Slack is how search friendly it is Mm -hmm. and how you can search for words and phrases and it'll see what pops up across all of your channels. And especially if you get the paid version of Slack, there's no limit to what it's capturing historically for that search. Mm -hmm. And you do have the ability to send voice memos over Slack, but it doesn't do a transcript and all of that with all of that stuff. If you're really thinking like a next level business owner, you could be intentional about figuring out a process so that when voice messages are sent, maybe there's a response with the transcript of that message. But I do think that we as business owners need to be thinking about what is most effective for the business, just not just what is my preference and tendency here. Yeah. And even just with people pushing back on reading a lot of text, because that can definitely be me. Like if I see something's really long, I'll put off reading it. But even Slack has made that easy because I'll say, okay, I know yesterday Joey dropped something in the visibility channel that was kind of long. So let me either go back and read that or like I just copy and paste it into my document so that when I'm time blocking, Mm. I can really read that with care. I think that it's still important, even if we're like, oh, this is too long to read now, to be thinking in a way that's not reactive so that it still gets the time and tension that it needs. Yeah. Yeah. And again, that's not a Slack issue. That's like a mindset and productivity and understanding your own needs and efficiencies. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, Liz, thanks for going down this Slack road with me. Yeah. No, it was great because like I said, I had a couple of bad experiences on Slack and I feel like it's made me cautious, but being on your team and a couple of others, it's like, no, this can actually be a really great tool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and on that note, I know we talked about in the past, we do have a great resource coming for all of you around how to better master your emails, get out of the inbox, and even have an executive assistant take all that stuff off of your plate. This whole conversation around Slack really fits in and aligns with that resources. And that's coming. We're working on it. Let me know if you guys want early access to be the first to get that when it's ready. But the stronger you're using communication hub like Slack for the purposes that we've talked about, the easier it becomes for you to get out of your email for someone else to help you manage it. Yep. And just team culture, being able to celebrate together. That's my favorite part. (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah. The celebrations that are happening on our team inside Slack are awesome. And maybe we can end with one just little golden nugget of what we do that's been really helpful. We, for I guess years now, we've had a certain channel that we've added called, I think it's called High Fives. Mm -hmm. And every week, I believe every Friday, 
someone goes into that Slack channel and gives a high five to a particular teammate and says particularly like why they're grateful for them, what they've done recently, maybe an accomplishment that week. And so the whole team can celebrate that person. And then the following week, that person who got named and recognized last week just passes the torch and names someone else. Yep. Sometimes that process breaks down when someone tags me and then I forget to, to follow. And I will say, as a business owner, I'm trying to step away from being named in that group because it's hard for me to pick one particular person for the week. And I want to be mindful in the business of not like, it's, it's one thing if there's a new teammate or whatever that I want to welcome in, but I want the team that I have to be recognizing others instead of this being this sense of like me showing favoritism. Cause there's so many people that I could choose. Yeah. And this is a total topic for another episode, but this idea of how can you recognize and celebrate people on the team without creating scarcity and competition around like a need and a thirst to be recognized. Mm-hmm. I know yeah. we talked about that at leadership team meetings. But no, but- it's such a good life skill though. Like to even, instead of just saying like, hey, you're awesome to say like, hey, I really appreciate how you took care of this client while I was away from my desk. Yeah. Getting really specific instead of just the generalized right. feedback, I think is so good. Right. We can end it there. Thank you everybody for an amazing episode. And if you made it this far, stay tuned. We've got a great podcast episode coming your way soon where I interviewed the one and only Mike McCallowicz. We talked about Profit First and some other things. It was such a joy and an honor to talk to him. I'm so excited. I was going to spill the beans on that in the beginning of the episode, but I started spilling the beans on other stuff. I was going to be like, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of beans to spill. A lot of major announcements from BGA and from Indie Law coming soon. Thanks you all for your support and I'll see you all in a week or so. Bye guys. Bye everybody. All right, that'll do it for this week's episode of the Business Growth Advantage with me, Joey C. Vitale. Thanks for tuning in. I'll see y'all next week. Learn